So let us now turn to our scripture. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We are studying the Lord's Prayer. Today we're turning our attention to verse number 10, uh, but we will read uh, the first part of the prayer and go through verse 10. Again, that's Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, but we'll begin in verse 9. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him now in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, we're, we're studying this. The scripture I read from is the English Standard Version or the ESV. And, and we can have discussion as to what version's the best. Uh, Don Lynn will tell you uh, that his is. Uh, but I believe the best version is whichever one you'll pick up and read. Now, there's something for me growing up in the church, being taught in the faith that our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is It's right, but it's a little off, right? So, so I grew up with the King James version of the prayer. It's the, it's the version of the prayer we pray when we are gathered together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's something more uh, weighty when we use old English, King James English to pray this. Now, in this prayer that Jesus teaches, there are six petitions. Those are six requests that Jesus teaches us to make in our prayer. And the first three focus on God. And then the next three focus on human needs. And last week, we discussed the first of the divine petitions. Hallowed be thy name. Understanding that it means the request, may your name be be honored. May it be glorified. If you missed that message, if you were unable to log on, you can go to the website and you'll find the sermon loaded there. But that first petition that Jesus teaches us concerns the end, the, the glory of God, right? The consummation, the glorification of God, and the rest concern the means for the glory of God. And the first petition after teaching us that the glory of God is above all, it's, it's the one, the, the first one that leads to the glory of God that he teaches us is thy kingdom come. And it's close and has immediate impact to the glory of God. It's Christ's kingdom. In that Christ's kingdom is the primary means for advancing God's glory. See, as Jesus is teaching us, he's teaching us in the ways to order our lives and to order our hearts. In fact, after Jesus teaches this prayer, he continues on in his sermon on the mount as he continues to teach the disciples and he continues to preach. And here in verse 33 of chapter 6, he says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He tells us to first seek, not 
above the glory of God, but for they're not in competition, but to first seek the kingdom of God because it's Christ's kingdom that advances and leads to the glory of God for all the world. Now, as we understand the kingdom that Jesus is talking about and we begin to understand and look at God's kingdom, it's universal. It's over all things. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. What is meant here by thy kingdom come that Jesus teaches us isn't God's general kingdom, not his general kingdom over all because he is already over all, but a special kingdom administered by Christ, the kingdom of grace. Thy kingdom come. And notice we have a directive. The petition is that it would come, to let it Come to ask God, to ask for God's kingdom to come, to be here. And so in this request, there's several things in understanding that we want God's kingdom to come. It's that we want to let the gospel be published. We want churches to be established everywhere as a means of grace to the community and to the people. The second thing we do is we are begging We beg for the beginning, the progress, and the consummation of Christ's kingdom. Now, as we understand the beginning, the progress, and the consummation of Christ's kingdom, as he's teaching us in this prayer, the beginning is that a throne for Christ would be established and put in our hearts, and the hearts of everyone. And the progress, the progress is the increase in holiness, the increase in godliness and obedience and honest, earnest submission to him. And the consummation is just that. It's it's the glory, it's the end, it's the second coming of Christ, the fullness of glory revealed for all time. Thy kingdom come. In those three words, we make a powerful request to God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In this Lord's Prayer, we have petitioned for God's glory, for our desire for his kingdom, and now we pray for his will to be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in chapter 1, verse 11, he says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. But here we're praying that it be done on earth as it is in heaven which is perfectly. In heaven, it's done perfectly. And so in this petition, in this petition that God's will be done, we are also making a great confession. We are confessing that the world and that we have rebelled against God's will being done. 
that we have not followed it as he has ordered, that the world does not operate as God designed it. When we look back at creation, we see that he made the heavens and the earth, that he separated the land from the sea, that he created all of the wonderful vegetation and plants and animals and man and woman and gave them dominion over it. And they lived in the Garden of Eden. And as creation, as he designed it to operate, they lived and walked daily with God without sin, without rebelling against his ways. H.B. Charles would say that the technical term is sin. Just as Pastor Chris told us that the technical term for the germs that keep us from entering the kingdom of God is sin. And so while we're here requesting that his will be done, we are confessing our hearts and our sin Before him, we confess that his will isn't being done, that we are opposed to it. And so we pray that it is here like it is in heaven. And in doing so, it works on our heart, which leads us to a submission to his will. It leads us to a trusting of his unfailing goodness to the word of God, to the son of God, and leads us into a patience for his timing instead of demanding things on our schedule. Praying for his will to be done is an act of submission, an act of trust, and a lesson in patience. The Lord and his unfailing goodness. Now, John Christentum, who is an early church father, suggested as he talked about this scripture that the clause here at the end of verse 10, on earth as it is in heaven, actually applies to all three of these first petitions. Hallowed be thy name on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Acknowledging that all of this is being done in the heaven of heavens, that we are now requesting the heavens come down. That our request of God is that he be here now to come, Lord Jesus, come consummate his great kingdom. Jesus teaches us to pray for God now and his glory. And you know, knowing this, looking and understanding the prayer this way tends to make sense because Christ teaches us to pray for the things in heaven, that our request is that the goodness of God in heaven is our first request, that we aren't first requesting a pardon, deliverance, or grace, but we are requesting the very nature, things, and person of God, that we want his glory above all else, that we want his kingdom to reign above everything else, that we want his will to be done before we are ever given grace or pardon or delivered. It teaches us to guide our hearts to behold 
to seek first the kingdom of God. It prepares us for spending eternity with the Father. For it creates in us a deep longing and desire for God. See, Jesus teaches us when asked, what is the greatest commandment? That it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart which is exactly in line with the teaching he has when we ask him how to pray. He teaches us how to orient our heart to love God and who he is and all of his things for his glory, his kingdom, and his will. For it to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do confess that we rebel against your will. We do confess that our heart has oftentimes other desires. But we thank you that Jesus has taught us how to orient ourselves towards you. That we can repent of orienting our hearts towards the things of this world and orient our hearts to you, O God, and the things of heaven so that we may trust in you, submit to you, and patiently wait for your goodness to be unfolded. Lord, we thank you for saving us, but we thank you for guiding us in how to live in this world so that our hearts know how to love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.